You are now listening to Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. A therapeutic podcast, we are. Hey. And we back. We back. And we back. <laughs> we back. <laughs> I had to do something different. Yeah, man. Had season, to do something different. Season three change up. Yeah, man. We're, we're here when we in the swing of it, finally. Um, anyway, welcome to Black Guy Therapy. Is this your first time listening to us? As we say every time, uh, we're a therapeutic podcast uh, designed for black men to just kind of vent about issues that we go through and, um, you know, things that we generally wouldn't talk about, talk talk about uh, with other people in our daily lives. Uh, sometimes we talk about things that we talk about at the barbershop. Sometimes we talk about things that we wouldn't talk about at all. So yep. um, we're just a place where you can vent and just feel free. So anyway, what's up, Joe? Man, ain't nothing to it, man. I'm, it's a good day. It's warm out. I'm not back home in Michigan freezing, so I, I, I I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm living pretty good right now. How about you? How's everything going? Well, the same. I got a roof over my head. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm chilling. It's warm outside. Um, life's good. Yeah. I, the president lost. <laughs> so I'm. I'm that, feeling great yeah that was a that was a mean l too man wasn't it though like it i don't know if you watch um shannon sharp at all but yes. you know he serves out he serves up big l's yeah <laughs> so, so yeah um president trump got served a big old l yeah um big time ooh, all the way so but let's talk about something let's i mean while we're in our intro phase here let's just talk about that like can we can we acknowledge the fact that we're going to have a black woman vice president? Man, you you know it's it's weird because I was thinking about this the other day. My twelve year old has lived through President Obama, a global pandemic, a female African American vice president. There's no way you could probably convince him that that the sixties were a thing. You, you know what I mean? Right. Ain't that crazy how like it's just it's just a, a pretty significant shift in time in general for, for the group that's coming behind us. And I, I think we, we need to make sure that we're staying on top of them in terms of their perspective and how they have an opportunity to be great change agent change agents for the future no doubt no doubt about it i mean uh it, to your point i've talked about this too i'm like man the people who, who if you were born in the 2000s mm-hmm. you grew up with a black a black president for two terms mm-hmm. right then you had you had you had the fallout well mm-hmm. you know let's let's go back you had the end of bush you had the fallout with Trump that hopefully were through, right? Yeah. And now you're getting ready to have a black woman. Yeah. So this this is this is historical. Um, I think it it holds something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think there's something to be said about this whole situation and about those kids that are growing up in this time because they're able to see these things, and and it's normal to them. So right. when they see anything other than that that's abnormal yes and there, there's there's going to be some things said i mean let's just be real young voters like showed up and showed out in the in the 2020 election yeah so which is which know, is something to be said about the youth 
Yeah, it is. And and it's we we joke about like like parenting, not not you and I, but just you hear a lot of jokes about parenting in general and how people feel like they're doing a bad job. But I think on average, most people are doing a pretty good job of just teaching their kids to be good citizens, meaning just as an individual, just being a good person and not allowing history to repeat itself, even though there's only so much control as an individual that you have. But what you can control is your circle of influence. And I I think that we're seeing that happen all the time. So even, even, uh, uh, Geez, I think it was via TikTok where those kids bought up all the tickets to the the one Republican. Uh, oh, the rally. It, the rally, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You like stuff like that? That wouldn't have happened ten years ago. Oh wait, so you, did you see what they did again? This no. For, okay, so today, um, in in full transparency, we are recording this. This is it's a Saturday, um, but today in DC uh, was the million. MAGA March. Really? Yeah, you didn't you didn't you haven't been following the news? <laughs> I absolutely have not intentionally. Well, yeah, so today was the million MAGA March. Um <laughs> I call it the million maggot march, but that's another story. Um <laughs> uh but the, the thing about it is those kids, the same kids who hijacked that rally on Twitter, what they did because you know people were hashtagging million MAGA march mm-hmm. so what they did they got all their people together and said hey look use the hashtag million MAGA march and uh post a picture of pancakes so if you go on twitter and you look up million MAGA march all there is is pictures of freaking pancakes that's hilarious so you can't even see pictures of like the march and what's going on out there you seeing pancakes. That is, is that not crazy? Comedy. That yes. is comedy. Pure comedy. And, and, and that is what kids are doing. You know what I'm yes. saying? They're, they're controlling this. They're like, look, we are in charge. We are the controllers of our own destiny. And this is how we can do it. Man, you know, I got to say this. And, and I may be going way left with this conversation. But I got to say it because, again, I've got a 12-year-old. What's interesting about this generation, well, that generation, uh, I think that's Gen X or Z. What are they? No, 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 no. no. That, I think they're, they're Z. Yeah, I think they're Z. Yeah. So yeah, Z. what's interesting is my 12-year-old, he's a video game guy. And all the video games have this espionage type feel to them. You know, a lot of them do. And when you think about a kid having an opportunity to leverage those skills because they're all doing coding. They're all doing all these things where they're capable. They have the skill set to be able to do this. They're taking that skill set and they're basically living out video game fantasies in real life. That's crazy. That's and yeah. and is and the beauty of that is you may or may not realize the gravity of what it is that you're doing at this age. I don't know. I can't speak to that, but when they're 30, 40, 50 years old, and they can look back and be like, yeah, I was a part of the group that did this to their kids and to their grandkids. Dude, that's something to say. It is. It is. I mean, literally, these kids right now are like the the protesters and the civil rights people in this, you know, 50s, 60s, Mm -hmm. you know, early 70s, right? Yep. But they're doing it digitally. Yes. 
They don't even have to leave their house. Yep. They can do it with the stroke of, you know, their finger yep. <laughs> on, on their keyboard, on their cell phone. Yes. Yes, yes. And that that's power right there. That's and the brilliance of it is when we talk about it all the time here, there has to be a level of evolution and strategy. And the strategy has to change as time changes. And yep. and again, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing these kids that are brilliant and are using that brilliance for good causes, whether they know the full extent of what they're doing or not. I don't really care. The, the fact is you're leveraging skills that you picked up, however you picked them up to do something. Yep. And, and there's something to be said about that alone. Exactly. And, and you think about this. Think about the 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 collaboration mm -hmm. that these kids are having. Like like I said, these kids don't know anything about segregation. They know about what they read in a book. Yeah. But all while they're in school, all their friends are all multiracial, right? You got black, mm -hmm. white, everything. Yep. Especially here in this city, yeah. we're in, right? Yep. So think of the collaboration where it's like, hey, look, I know, and we're gonna use Trump for example. I know Trump is gonna do this. Get all your people mm -hmm. to 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 post this i'm gonna get all my people to post this and you go tell all your people's people to post this yep and then we're gonna make this happen yep think about that think about the collaboration for yes this. and and again that's why i've said it a number of times on this show i've never seen this level of solidarity in my lifetime and and i'm usually when i say that i'm spe i'm specifically speaking to black men and women but in the world in general now a and we've also mentioned this. I believe that the number of people who, and, and I'll pick on a group right now, the number of people that consider themselves to be the 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 epitome of America, you know, your your supremacists, your nationalists. That yeah. number is small in comparison to the rest of, the, of their the the race ethnicity that they come from. You know what I mean? Right. And, right. and I think that sometimes we, we feel like the numbers are so much larger than they really are. They're really not. It's a smaller number. But what Trump did is he just helped. He helped. And I don't know if he's racist or not. I'm, I'm, let, me, let me start by saying this. I don't know him to say he's racist or not. What he is is power hungry. Yes. And if I can leverage this group that doesn't like this group to help me maintain my power, of course, I'm going to be buddies with him because if there was a black group that was for Trump, as we saw with those preachers and, and then the, some of the HBCU presidents. It ain't got nothing to do about race. It has everything to do with, hey, who can I use to maintain this? So when I look at that small number of people that exist, and, and when I say small, relatively speaking, of course, because there's yeah. there's prop, there's hundreds of thousands of racists on the planet. Let's be clear about that, too. It's hundreds of thousands but it's not as big a number as there are just normal everyday people on the planet. And again, everything that we're talking about right now with this group that's coming up right now, these kids right now, they're all a part of that group that's just like, hey, this doesn't make sense. Why would you act like that? Why are you doing this? They're also the same group that come from the everybody gets a trophy generation. So it's weird because this generation is flawed in that regard, but also we're seeing the benefits of it at the same time because everybody deserves equal treatment in their eyes, whether they deserve it or not. And it's a manifestation of it. So it's, 
it's just a weird time right now when I think about it. It's just so crazy. But I'm, I am very, very proud of these kids. I'm very proud of them just for exercising their, their I don't want to say their rights, but their skill sets, because that builds way more character than than a lot of things that people are told to do. I agree. I agree there. That's that's 100% accurate. I think I my opinion I think that's 100% accurate. So um I'm I'm gonna bring this up cuz cuz we haven't talked since the election. Mm-hmm. I, I think we we talked election night, right? But it was early. Yeah. Um so obviously we didn't find out uh the numbers haven't they weren't called until what last Saturday? Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah, because I think I found out last Saturday at about I don't know twelve one p.m. something like, one yeah something like that twelve or one in the afternoon, mm-hmm. as they called it for the Democrat Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, but I say this so obviously we and and I just kind of want to get your opinion because we're already talking about it so why not right? Okay. Um, I don't know if you've been following, but obviously Trump. There's like these battleground states, Arizona, Nevada, uh, Georgia, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trump lost those states. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, And it's kind of interesting to me that he has a lawsuit in each one of those states. Now, not only did he lose those states, but there were some um, Republican senators on the ticket and Congress people on the ticket that won. In those states, but Trump lost in those states. So isn't it kind of interesting that he a he's only suing in the states that he lost, and b even in those states that he lost, Republicans won. Yeah. Some Republicans won. Yeah. But but comma c he's saying it was rigged. <laughs> so and, and and here's the thing. I I, I just wonder. And I don't want to get your opinion. If 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 this if you're looking at this and you're like, okay, the Republican senator in the state won, the Republican congressman in this in the state won, but the president lost, how can you say that it's rigged <laughs> if they won and you lost? Right. Because right. it's the same ticket, right? Yeah. It's the same ballot you have to vote on. Yeah. So are you saying that all those people messed up and voted for the other person? Right. No, they went out of their way. Literally. Yeah. Literally. And, and especially in Tennessee. Well, in Tennessee is a red state. I mean, it went his way anyway but like his name was at the top of the ticket in tennessee because they usually put him in order but his name was at the very top of the ticket gotcha. it's like they were like you gonna vote for him right you know what I'm saying? right but you know i just i don't know even i guess the point i'm making is even when they try to force you to do something like the will of the people most of the time succeeds <laughs> yeah yeah which is which is why I, i'm gonna go ahead and make this call today the the whole electoral college process that needs to be they need to get rid of that altogether because if it truly is power to the people then the popular vote which is the people vote should matter more than anything else and if that's the case then we never even had a trump in the first place right because hillary hillary murdered him in the in the uh popular exactly and and we're the only country that does this electoral college thing now i i am 100% well let me rephrase this I was 100% with you about getting rid of the the electoral college but then you know I've 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 done some research Mm -hmm. I've talked to some people on the other side of the aisle right 
And I'm like, hey, look, we don't need this. But then they're like, well, we do need this. And this is why we need this. We need this because if not, um, and the argue, this is the argument. The argument is that uh, presidential candidates will only campaign in cities that are large. That are large. Yeah. Because if they win those places where the most people are. They win the election. Then they win the election. Now, yeah. I feel like this. I mean, if that's where the people are, that's where the people are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, who? If if there's 500, you know, 500, not 500 million. Let's say there's 5 million people in one city in Tennessee, and then there's, um, I don't know, a hundred thousand on each other on the other sides. Does it does it matter? Mm-mm. Because the the people in the mid, there's more people in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does it does it really matter? And that actually is probably the best argument that that somebody could present uh, to convince me to change my mind on that because that that makes sense, and it basically says to that state, you guys don't really matter. Exactly, because if you take a state like Montana, Wyoming, one of those states out in the in the Midwest, where the population of the whole state may be a million people, right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So what's what's the incentive for a president to come there and yeah. hear what they got to say? And and I'm so glad you're bringing this up because this takes me back to one of my original talking points in terms of politicians. For the most part, politicians have studied politics in college. So this is a career path, right? Right. And and when you think about it, and, and we talked about like in like a, a Ice Cube or D.L. Hughley, neither one of those brothers went to college to study political science. Right. So they don't have the degrees or or the 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 credentials, so to speak, to be political candidates or mm-hmm. that their political perspectives should be respected by the masses because they don't have that cachet. Right. But then Trump comes and it's the exact same thing. He has none of the credentials, none of the respect of the field to be like, all right, this is a legit candidate. All he was was a dude who wasn't afraid to say what was on his mind. That's it. Yep. And people like and people love when somebody can speak their mind, even if they talk crazy. That's just how it is. We, we, We like authentic people even if their authentic self is a bad guy because Trump, Trump, in my opinion, is a bad guy because he's, he's to your point, lawsuits in these states where he lost because he's throwing a temper tantrum. That's all it boils down to. Um, so, so for me, like when I think about the electoral college, the process, the smaller states and how they will be negatively impacted by none of the presidential candidates even bothering to come there to address their specific concerns, it makes me think this. How concerned is any politician really with an individual's concerns when I went to school to become this? You know what I mean? It's like me going to school to be a doctor. If I'm a doctor, it's because I had to go to school. Yeah. That means that if you have an issue with your infrastructure, that's not going to be my primary concern. But if that's what you want to talk about, maybe that's what I'm going to talk about because you want to talk about it. You know what I mean? And that's always been one of my one of my issues with politics is that everybody refers to it the same way is 
it's a game. They're playing a game. It's a game. It's a game. But it's an okay game because we accept it. So, yep. it's, so it's, for me, it's just, it's, it's just this really interesting place. And it speaks more to the character. If I don't go to Montana, but I'll go to New York or I'll go to Texas or I'll go to California because they're larger and there's more people, that says more about my character. So, yeah. again, it ties back into that whole thing. I say America suffers from a heart condition. It's not a candidate uh, uh, legislation, policy, law. It's, it's not an issue of those things. It's, it's a heart condition. And, and until some of those, I'm going to say it, and, and it's going to sound brutal, but until some of those people with those evil hearts start dying off, nothing is going to, we're not going to see the, the vast umbrella change. You'll see pockets of change here and there you'll see trump let some folks out of jail you'll see biden come in and hey maybe he reverses the the 94 crime bill with the 2021 crime bill which he talked about maybe he even does get rid of student loan debt for everybody like he talked about maybe he does all those things but grand scheme those are small items in the bigger picture so whatever changes we see until we see those folks who really make things move start to die off and that group that we're talking about, that Gen Z, my 12-year-old my and his folks start to come up and they're 25 and 30. That's when we'll really start to see some of that change. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to before I make the second point to the to the Electoral College thing, um, it, you know, we talk about. So I, I wasn't a political science major in, in college. I was I was a communications major in college. So I, I can talk to you a little bit, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and according to Ice Cube, I am qualified. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I'll never forget, there was a class that I took. It was called, um, oh, what was it called? I think it was called, uh, I was called Political Persuasion. Okay. Um, it, it was, it was a course. It was taught by the then mayor, because I went to UT, right? So it was taught by the then, uh, not mayor, but the assistant mayor of, uh, of uh or the vice mayor i should say of knoxville okay um and he in this political persuasion course each student was a candidate for an elected office okay and each student had to compete against each other for said candidacy right like for whatever office we were running for right and in that class now this is a this is a four-month class right we had to, cre obviously, we created our persona. Um, we created the things that we stood for. Okay. Um, and I don't remember what the what the the what office we were running for, right? But we literally had to uh, persuade the teacher because he was the the constituents. We had to persuade him to vote for us. Okay. Now, do you understand what that looks like with? like 30 students no. trying, to <laughs> trying to persuade one teacher. No, right? I don't like, but I remember he's like, look, there's going to be things that come up in your candidacy and yeah, they're going to be bad, but you just have to keep going. Like in, and to your point, you know, you're like, if it doesn't affect you, then you just kind of like, uh, whatever. And, and, and now seeing it in real time, that was what he was talking about. There are going to be things that come up in your candidacy that are negative, but you have to keep going yeah. and you just keep talking like nothing happened, mm -hmm. which is, which is a crazy, you know, kind of way to put it, but it, it's true. Yeah. You see these politicians all the time who do these things and they talk through yeah. whatever 
they're they're accused of or they talk around it. Oh yes. Um yes. Which is which is amazing to me and and I guess I never really put it together then, but I I, I damn sure understand now. Yeah. Right? You just you just work through it. And I'll never forget there was something I was accused of, right? And I remember in my speech, I said, We we, you know, we can't sweep it under the rug. So every other student attacked me. They was like, What what is this candidate talking about where they got stuff under the rug? This they are admitting that they did wrong, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I just kept talking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just kept going. Yeah. And I think because we ended up in a team, I think my team won the, the the candidacy. So, to the point, it worked, right? I just, yeah, we there was some there was a, a screw up on the beginning, but I just worked through it, and my team worked through it, and we still won the contest. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And 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 it also brings up something that happened this week. So, Corey Bush, who's a young congresswoman, um, in in I think she's a junior congresswoman. So she was, this was their freshman weekend or whatever. So she had on her mask and her mask said Breonna Taylor on it. Republicans and some Democrats were calling her Breonna. Wow. Yeah, they, they're calling this woman Breonna. And she's like, I'm not Breonna, I'm Corey. <laughs> right? So that just goes to show that Republicans and Democrats, if it doesn't affect them or their constituents, then they don't really care. Right. And that's the thing. This was in national, like Breonna Taylor was at national news. Yes. This wasn't like it was an isolated incident. There were yep. protests that sparked across the country because of this, right? Yep. Dang. But that's crazy. These people in Congress are calling her Breonna. Seeing the whole name Breonna Taylor on the mask, but still calling her Breonna. Wow. Now, again, if it doesn't affect you or your people, you may not care about it. And that goes to show you how out of touch some of our politicians, some of the people we're sending to Washington are uh, with their constituents. And man, I mean, but let's be let's let's be fair at the same time. Let's be fair and let's be honest. How many people and and I'm going to try to start a little higher up because there are some there are some. Political jobs i'm gonna say job because they get paid for it there are some political jobs that pay less than others so let's start it like uh i, I don't know i guess mayor let's start at mayor because mayor maybe mayor governor and then senator is that about the hierarchy in terms of uh, of like pay and you know i don't know because um the, the the governor makes i think the governor makes as much or more than a senator, depending on what state you're in. Okay. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that that does make sense. But for the most part, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be your mayor, your governor, the senator, and then on up. Yeah. How many mayors are making less than $100,000 a year? Oh, there are a lot. I mean, there are a lot of... So... In small towns or lot, Like, are we just talking about large towns? Or Yeah, I guess we do need to kind of qualify it. Because... I was say because I know some mayors that make like they just do it on the side, right? <laughs> the mayor on the side, right? So, and uh, and I guess where I'm going with that whole thing, because you're right, there, there's some caveats that need to be called out in there. But for the most part, people practice politics because it pays well. 
Yes. Well, on the higher level. On the higher, yes. yes, on the higher levels. That that yeah. that is a huge component to people studying that field in college, because in yeah. college you're taught, you hey, you want to go and you want to find yourself a good job. That's the whole purpose yeah. of people telling you to go to college so you can get a good job. So we're expecting for somebody to somehow be this great character just because they're in this position. And I think that is the problem. So again, the reality for me is I found it weird when you said earlier that Trump lost in certain areas, but the Republicans who were on the ballot also with him won. Yep. And my question is, I wonder how many people are equipped with the tools, the knowledge, the information to legitimately go through a ballot and say, all right, I'm not Republican or Democrat. I need to pick the best candidate. OK, so I pick a Democrat president, but I pick this Republican, this Republican and then this Democrat and then this. Repu you know what I mean? How many people are really going back and forth across the line like that? I don't know anybody personally that's done that's that you know that's been part of our conversation i'm sure there are people who've done it but for the most part if you voted democrat have been democrat every single time i didn't know anything about what the president stood for i didn't know anything about what the the people who were below him on that ballot stood for all i knew is that republicans were against black people yeah that's how i came up yeah you get what i'm saying so it's like when I'm when I'm a a politics is my goal because again a lot of that is legacy, you know what I mean. If my if my mom or my dad was a judge or a mayor or a governor or a senator or a state councilman, whatever it is, then that's what's it's a good chance that I'm going to pursue that. Yep. You know, so it's like, man, it's just it, it just sucks. It just sucks to know that we have an expectation that people's character is not going to be bad on either side. But the reality is they're human beings. They were studied this in school. They've been trained. They've been, you know, like we talk about um, Daniel Cameron. That's not a dumb guy. No, very smart. He's an yeah, intelligent guy. He's been trained with these. He's been gifted these skills, number one. And then those skills have been honed. Yep. Through his studies. And he's been in the right circles that have made him even better. Absolutely. So so that for me, that's one of the things that that I always think about is, man, you know, you got a lot of people out who here who want to really help. They just don't know how to say it. They don't know how to how to vocalize what it is they want to do. They're not they're not intellects like that. But if you gave them the opportunity to go help some people, they could probably change the world. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. It, it is. is crazy. But like you said, we don't have, even when you're talking about the ballot, how how smart are people to, to, to separate things out individually? Yeah. Right. And, yeah, not not yeah. me. <laughs> and, and, and that's and, and that's the reality of a lot of 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 Americans, right? Because a lot of Americans are single issue people. So when which yes. means when they go to the polls, they're gonna they're voting on single issue things, right? So I could have a conversation with somebody. We could be totally the same, right? But they may not like me because they may be like, "Oh, I'm I'm against all abortion, all of it," right? Mm -hmm. And right. 
I'll be like, well, I'm not against all abortion. Then they, they're, because they're single issue persons, they've just now shut me out. Right. Without right. hearing what I had to say, without, without saying, well, well, hey, wait, you're talking about abortion. What about people, young women who are raped by men and they don't, yeah. they, they shouldn't have to have that baby if they've been raped. Right. That's, then yep. they get to see their abuser every day. Like what about women who right. are having medical emergencies? Like, and, and mm-hmm. literally if they have the baby, it will kill them. Like, what about those things? Yes. You know, yes. and, and then we don't have those conversations. So we right. have these single issue voters who go to the polls and vote on single issues without separating everything out. And then we get what we get. I mean, let's just be real. There were 72 or 70,000, either 71, 72, 70, approximately 70,000 people, 70 million people voted for uh, Donald Trump in this past election and 77 million and counting for um, uh, Joe Biden. Right. Which lets me know, think about that 70 and 77 we're split right down the middle and it's probably a a single issue that separates both of us. Absolutely. So absolutely. I don't know. It's, it's interesting, (laughs) right? That's that is. So now I got another, and man, we say this all the time, but we stay on some politics. Yeah. Well, and, and this is <laughs> the perfect season for it right now because we it are is. literally in. This is great civics. <laughs> not not that we're like teaching anybody about civics, but um, this is good because these are lessons that they aren't given in school any, anymore. And and Truth. and what we're trying to do, it's not like we're trying to school you up on civics. We're just talking about things that people probably can't talk about with their families because there's an argument that ensues. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have a different perspective and you're the bad yeah. guy. Yeah, for sure. So so here's something I want to ask you. OK. And this is a this is a problem for me. So let me let me start by saying that that's my preface. This is an issue for Joel. It has bothered me significantly. How I keep seeing. There being this emphasis that's put on and I don't think it's a. Well, let, let me say let me say what the emphasis first before I, I start doing that, because I don't want to, you know, kind of shift somebody's thought process. Okay. But I've been seeing a lot of things where it's like. For any black man who voted for Donald Trump, I will never forgive you from from our black women. Black women saved the vote. Black women did this. Black women did that. And I I don't know where that's coming from. But it almost feels like there's this, again, I talk about that strategy where people are on down the line thinking, so how can I continue to divide and conquer? I don't know where that's coming from, but it's almost like somebody intentionally is trying to start beef between black women and black men. So go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, so my, my question is to you, have you seen any of this stuff coming out? And then if you have, what are your feelings on it? And uh, and I'll save my thoughts. I'll save my thoughts for, for after you talk. Okay. Well, uh, this is what I'll say. So let's, let's look at the, let's just look at the, the demographics of it and, and the numbers, the sheer numbers behind it. Black women are one of the largest voting blocks in these United States. Um, not only are they one of the largest voting blocks in the United, in these United States, they are one of the, the, the groups that vote the most out of anybody else in these United States. So when people say black women literally save the country, 
They are literally saving the country. And that is because they have realized the power that they have and they use it by voting. Okay. Um, now, right now, I think the issue is what 19% of black men voted for Donald Trump. Right. So, uh, which is higher than, than it was in 2016. So there's this shift that it's like, hold on, how can you as a black man vote against your own interest, right? And and when I say and I say own own interest, I mean Trump says these things, right? He says these things, he does these things, he reflects these things. How can you as a black man vote for somebody who reflects that thing, right? So I think the issue is, or not the issue, but what you're talking about is um i think that black women feel as well let me not talk for black women todd's opinion is that black women may feel as if black men in this election and i'm putting up air quotes like betrayed them because they're voting against their own interest um that's what i think uh just because again Black women literally are one of the largest voter blocks. Um, if you want to win an election, you need to talk to black women. If you get black women on your side, you can win an election. Because, it, and, and, and I'm going to say this, let's think about it, Joe. As black women in our lives, a lot of black women mobilize us to do things, right? Like, think about your grandmama. Your grandmama tell you to do something, you're probably going to do it, right? Yeah, you for sure. Your wife, she tell you do something, sure. you probably gonna do it, right? <laughs> so, so yeah. that's the point I'm Maybe. making. Like, yeah, black women mobilize. Um, they mobilize people, black, white, whatever, to do things, and that's just the way it's always been in this country. You know, you you look at slavery. Black women have literally held this country together, whether they wanted to or not, whether it was by choice or not. They literally have held this thing together. And that is my two cents, my opinion. Gotcha. And that's fair. That's fair. And, and, and my goal with that, bringing that up is, is certainly not to come up with a, an exact answer or anything like that. So I'm not going to oppose what you're saying with, no, this is the real deal. That's not where I'm going to come from. I just always find it interesting that anytime somebody gives credit or takes credit for something, it always ostracizes somebody else. So you and I, we, we you know, we're, we're athletes, right? Simple sports conversation. If you win a national championship at the University of Tennessee and somebody says, the only reason we won this is because Eric Berry. How does every other man on that football team feel? Because that negates the coaches on both sides of the ball. It, 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 how many players is it? 105. 105. So 104 players now feel like, wait a minute, even the guys that don't get on the field during the game, but are working their tail off in practice, everybody contributed to this victory. But when I call somebody out by name or a group out by name as the only reason, what am I doing to everybody else? Yeah. And, and that's what I always wonder, like, why would somebody do that? Because we understand we got all these brilliant, intelligent people here in this country that study psychology. 
there's no way Joel's the only person asking the question. Well, if you do that, what what would everybody else think? Or how is everybody else feeling about that? So can I potentially cause a divide? So that's what I'm more so wondering is like, I wonder why such an emphasis is being placed on that. Because if if we got the person as a country that we needed and wanted in the White House, why does it matter who did it? Yeah. What does that what does that call out really do besides ostracize? And 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 again, for me, I think it may be a call to mobilize, right? It's like, hey, get your ass in gear, because we've been over here doing all the work. And you know, we need we need you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and let's think about us as black people. When we're talking to each other, sometimes we're gonna talk bad to you in order for you to get what you need done, right? Like I may and, and we'll use sports as an example. We may say some things to each other on a field, on a court. Oh man. That, that, <laughs> oh my God, right? Like yeah. nobody else needs to hear it, and you may not even want to hear it. And it may hurt your feelings. But at the end of the day, you know what your task is, you know what you have to do, and you know that, hey, I got this other person over here that is relying on me, so I'm going to do better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's fair. And and the and I'll say this, too, because while I agree with that point, playing devil's advocate just a little bit, one of the things that is a sign of a phenomenal coach or leader is understanding who their followers are. And if I'm able to speak to everybody in their own language, I'm going to be more successful than if I try to blanket the message. Right. And and so for me, that's the way I look at it, because I, I agree. I think that there are. And everybody has their reasons, their experiences, and I will never negate somebody's experience. But I think that at different times, black men have led the charge. Black women have led the charge. Black children have led the charge. Grandparents have led. The, everybody at some point had to be the one to step to the table to do something. And that's facts. What I'm not going to sit here and do, though, is try to take away from the the viability and and the importance of the black woman who is legitimately the mother of civilization yeah you know what i mean that's real but when when you think about what it takes just let's keep it in a family a a woman can't create a family on her own one two a woman can't teach a boy how to be a man it requires both to get things done so even that woman and the black women were referring to that, I'm doing air quotes, save the country, save the vote. Who are the influences in their lives? If you're telling me that there was no man that has ever been a part of their life that has had any type of influence, I'm going to call you a liar. So the reality is you don't just shape yourself alone. People help to shape who you are. And, and what I don't want us to do is to continue any type of back and forth, whether it's agenda based and somebody is pushing the narrative for us or it's coming directly from us i don't want us to continue to stand on different sides and point fingers at each other when we won right if indeed that's what happened if we won then we don't need to waste time trying to get somebody else in gear it ain't about us getting in gear we got in gear because we got the guy we wanted right so if, if we got the guy we wanted, the next gear is, all right, now it's time to put the pressure because that's what we talk about. We need to, black people need to have an agenda to take to the leadership. Exactly. 
And and that's we, what I was gonna say. That was exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like we got who we want, now it's time to apply pressure. Yes. And, and that should be more of the conversation than black women did this. Okay, black women, that's wonderful. You did this. Now what? Because if, if your goal now is to try to beat your chest about it, and I'm not saying that black women created this narrative or are the ones out there, although I've seen several black women doing it, that's why I brought it up. It, for me, it was it was kind of it was kind of like it was disheartening. I wasn't mad like y'all ain't do nothing. I was disheartened like, man, that's like winning it winning the championship in the NBA, and then coming in the locker room yelling at your players because you ain't get the touches you wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm the man on the team, and we won, yeah, but I wanted to be the star. It don't matter who the star is. We won, bro. You realize we won, right? And that's what I don't want. I don't want us to sit here and waste time and not be strategic and not take advantage and strike while the iron is hot on some, we did this. Y'all didn't do anything. Y'all didn't help because that's counterproductive. And I feel like it's, it, it is historical. It is in our DNA to, to kind of be divided because it was a plan that was implemented successfully. But now, Anytime we kind of further that narrative, we are adding fuel to the fire. And I, I don't want to do that. And I just kind of was curious, like, what can we do to to go beyond that without discrediting and making women feel like they didn't do something great? Because if if that's a great thing that they did and they feel that's great, acknowledge it. Cool. But then to your point, what's next? Yeah. Well, and I think a, a great way to to go forward and not make make it feel some type of way is for our our black male count or our black male I, I am a black male to get to get black men mobilized to do the same thing that black women did so then once we're both doing it at the at the at the rates that, that black women were doing it before then we we've just showed out we've showed up we showed out and we've shown the country the power that we have and i talk about this all the time like you know, some people feel that that voting does nothing, and 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 believe it or not, we're on, we're talking about the electoral college, <laughs> um, but there's there's power in 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 voting, right? And black women have shown that. So, um, shout out to them, by the way. Well, shout out to everybody who voted. Shout out to the 77 million people <laughs> who voted to get my man out. But I know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so back to the second part of of the electoral college right so the popular vote right we we i agree we should probably do the popular vote vote however like i told you before and i know i'm going back in time but i said i talked to some people who we have different um points of view and they may vote differently than i do um and they're like well we need the electoral college and i was like no we don't and they're like yes we do we need it because the, then you know middle america would wouldn't have a voice and then I thought about it I was like okay if that's the case then the electoral college isn't isn't going anywhere it's gonna stay here so just like yes. Republicans we got to figure out how can we make something to our advantage right so I was like huh well if we're gonna keep the electoral college if we're gonna keep this thing then we can't give middle America as much power um, as they have currently because right now it's a vote for vote right so you're talking about a place that has a hundred thousand or let's say let's say they have a million people in Wyoming. You're talking about Wyoming who has a million people 
having the same power as a New York who has 30 million people. Right. Right. So that that's right. not right. Right. So now what, what needs to happen is like, okay, why not split it up? So like if there's 30 million people here, yes, you get this many electoral votes, but in, you know, in Wyoming, if there's a million people here, we're going to give you a smaller amount of votes because there's not as many people in your area. So now you now there's a balance of power, right? You still yep. have to win 270 votes to get the presidency, so you still have to go to these smaller places. But they their vote isn't, I mean, I say it, it, it doesn't count, but it's not as strong as a place that has, you know, 100 million people or, you know, 50 million people. You know right. what I'm saying? So... I was like, that's a great compromise. We could do that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Again, for me, it's just, it just, because the reality is somebody's still going to feel like. No doubt. They're being discounted. No doubt. I mean, that, and that's, that's the problem. I mean, that's the problem with the popular vote and the electoral college now, but people feel the majority of people, the popular vote people feel that they're being discounted, right? Because the, the, the electoral college folks are discounting the popular vote people, right? Yeah, and they're like, well, why yeah. do we even do a popular vote if you're not even going to count it? Right. It's like they're bringing down the property value exactly. almost. So I get yeah. it. I get it. Somebody's going to be pissed. And that that right there is is what my whole issue has always been. We know for a fact that you can't make everybody happy. If we go to the popular vote and Trump had 80 million votes and, and Biden had 70 million, then the world the world came and they spoke. Yep. You, you get what I'm saying? Yep. So I, saw, I saw a picture and it was beautiful. It said, it said inequality, equality, and equity. It was three images. The first image, it was a, a man. Standing on the fence thing? Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I thought it was such a great representation of America. And I'll explain it briefly. I'll try to provide the imagery for our listeners. But you had a man standing on a box, a woman standing on a box, and a child standing on the box. Now, most times men are going to be taller than women. So you can imagine the dude standing on the box. He's like chest level to the fence now. The woman standing on the box, I think she could barely see over the over the tip of the box. I mean, sorry, the tip of the fence. But the little kid standing, he couldn't see anything. And that was called inequality. Equality was all three of them uh, stood on a box. Would not was that it or was the yeah, first I, one? All three, all three of them. Well, I think the guy no. stood, and then the other two stood on a box, right? Or yeah, that's what it was. Box. Yes, that was on. the equality. Is yeah. that they they all had a box? Or no, that was the equity side. That's what it was. They all had their own, and the black dude gave up his box. Uh, to the kid and the woman had hers and then the equity one was instead of it being this tall wooden fence it was just a, a chain link metal fence so it didn't matter where you stood where you were coming from where you were currently at you could see the defense regardless yeah to see the soccer game and and that's what i think about when i think about uh our 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 country's political system is that it'll it's not about equity it's not about the level playing field. So somebody's always going to be unhappy because they have a right to be. Yep. And I don't know how that changes. So I don't, I, and I'm not necessarily one that says voting doesn't matter. I just always say that 
there are a million ways to skin a cat. And however you choose to fight, that's your fight. And our ancestors died to give us this choice, this right. That means you have a choice. And again, and you mentioned it earlier, like you said, if we want to be able to take advantage of the electoral college, similar to the Republicans, in my mind, I'm like, I don't I don't want to have to claim I'm a Democrat only or Republican only. I want to be able to say I want the best things for myself through this country. And if that's a Republican this four years and then a Democrat this four years, then that's what it should be. But that's not the case. And and because of that, we've created this division amongst ourselves on the planet and in our own race. So, like I said before, like growing up, if there was somebody who was a black Republican, uh, we called him a sellout. Yeah. That's how I was taught, yeah. which is unfortunate. So that's what I'm saying. Like when we start thinking about equity in terms of the country and voting, simplify it by making it even across the board. If you don't want your vote to, quote unquote, not count because you're in a smaller parish or, or area, I'm in Montana. Nobody's forcing you to live in Montana. Yeah. If you want your quote unquote vote to have more power, move to New York. You you ha- there's options is what I'm saying. So instead of taking away people's options by saying, well, there's more people in New York than there are over here, but Arizona's got this many electoral college votes associated. So even though Biden got the majority of the popular vote, Trump just happened to steal Arizona, which gave him one more or or 10 more electoral college votes. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's a it's a goofy process. And if you want to remove the appearance of something shysty or shady, just make it level across the board and allow people to make the necessary adjustments, not the government. Let the people make the adjustments. If we need to move to to, to New York or to Texas or to California or to wherever else to make sure that the vote, then that's what we could do. But right now, the power belongs to the government. So people are, that's why you got all these militias forming out there talking about they're going to start a war. It's not because they out there saying we're going to kill all the black people. They're saying the government is trying to control us. And it's yeah. because, yeah, it kind of looks like I, they are. I don't know. <laughs> it <laughs> looks like it. I'm saying it looks like it. I'm saying yeah. when you talk about appearance of something, electoral college, that gives me the appearance of somebody trying to control something. Yeah. And I mean, like, like we talk about the, the history of the Electoral College and, and you know what it's rooted in. So mm-hmm. if you know what it's rooted in, you'll understand why it, why it seems like there's some control. But I will say yeah. this and I want to say this to, to you, this and, and we love each other. So I'm, I'm going to tell you this because it's how I feel. Um, you, I know you say, you know, our ancestors died for the right to which gives us the choice. However, we've always had the choice and we've always had the option given the Constitution since the amendments. Right. Since we when, since we were wrote into the amendments. However, comma, we I say we um, the powers that be have done everything that they can to keep us out of that. So i.e. lynching, i.e. Uh, voter uh, intimidation, all these <laughs> literacy tests, all these things. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I challenge you um, not to say that it's, our, you know, for us to have a choice, but it is our right because we because ha- those people, there are people who literally died for the right. Um, they there were people who uh, I've read stories of, of men and women who walked miles to the polls 
casted their poll and then were lynched on the way home. So there are people who died for this. And like I said, if they're killing you for something, then that must mean there's some power in it. And there's something that they don't want you to have or anybody else that they're trying to suppress it that bad. So I am just yeah. want to say that for you. No, that's um, that's a great I'm glad you said because that's a that's a great and anybody listening, please hear that because there's 100 percent facts to that. And, and quickly before you shift, I want to say this too. The sucky part about what Todd is saying is there are other areas where we're still being lynched today. So what I've tried to hang my head on, because I, I and I and I hope people understand, my intention is not to be disrespectful because I chose not to vote. My intention is I didn't vote. However. Here's everything else. And, and, and that's what I want people to focus on, because there always has to be a something else. And my hope is that you voted on the third if that's what was on your heart. But on the fourth, you were right back at it doing this. On the 10th, you were doing this. 2021, you were doing this. That's my real hope. So I don't, I don't want anybody to think that because Todd's right. There are people, and when you see these images and you hear the stories and you're reading this and you're like, Jesus, all they wanted to do was be respected as a human being. They were given this right, quote unquote. They went and exercised it, and then they died on the way home. Yeah. That's super foul super foul and and what i'm suggesting is we need people to continue that fight to exercise those rights we also need people to strategize and i loved your i love your your analogy that you use all the time about moving like ants but i i think about it too is like being being fully transparent about an ant colony like you think about it when you step on an ant an, an anthill Unless you really just mangle it and smush it, and the queen don't come out. Nah. You know who else don't come out? The people who are assigned to protect the queen. So the folks going out there to build it are your engineers. So they're moving like ants. Yes, they're in a straight line. Everybody's going to do the work, but everybody's got different jobs. And and that's what I want people to understand. Moving at like the end of the day, yeah. their job is to protect the queen. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. So yeah. we're all trying to protect us because I may not be going to rebuild the anthill. I'm standing right here shoulder to shoulder with the queen. It doesn't make me any less or any better. It doesn't make you any less or any better because you're out there rebuilding. And that is is the, the division that I'm talking about when I start seeing that stuff about black women saved you. Yes, black women, y'all went out there and as Todd said, showed up, showed out. And that's phenomenal. Don't disregard and disrespect somebody else because they're doing it a different way or their job is different from what yours is. We all have a job and we have to understand what our jobs are and we have to be active in our jobs. So so that's where I'm at. And and again, I totally agree. And I think it's it's a, a great thing to think about, to consider that imagery of somebody who went out there, put their life on the line to go vote, they did it, and then they actually lost their life. There is no more real uh, example or explanation of what it is that we go through as a people when you say a story like that. It gets no realer than that. But again, just understanding that we all have a responsibility to further this culture. Don't stand in somebody else's way. Yep. And 
with that, we're we're literally over time. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so, and it's okay. Um, I, I, you, everybody listening, you have heard the church announcements. Um, <laughs> govern yourself accordingly, as they would say. Um, yeah. And again, we're not a political podcast, but you know, this is a political season, so um, this was yeah. a very therapeutic conversation for me. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, I ain't got nothing else to say. So I guess we out. Peace.